This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I got an amazing product for my kings and queens who love some cannabis. I enjoy the occasional joint once in a while. And if you want to maintain the flower that you're buying, this is the product for you. Integra Specialty Products brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-way humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with Boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. It's ideal for flower, pre-rolls, and edibles. They offer a harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integra.com boost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next purchase online at www.integraboost.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, mis amigos. Welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, white wine drinking, mountain hiking, beard growing, hot mess of a host, Lorenzo Von Rumpf. I'm so freaking happy to be here with you today. There is no place I'd rather be than right here with my low lifers. I hope you were having a beautiful summer and you're feeling good right now. But if you're not in a good headspace, if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, shitty right now, depressed, anxious, all of the above, don't you worry, boo-boo. Don't you fret. You have come to the right place. We're about to turn that frown upside down. we got a great episode in store for you today. We're getting back in touch with our roots, back to the basics here at the Low Life Podcast. It is a solo mission. It's just you and I. That's how I started this podcast, solo missions. And so, I like to throw those in once in a while, and so you're in for a treat today. I promise I won't disappoint you. There's a lot of takeaways in this one. Before we get into this week's episode, though, let's talk about mental health. Nobody asked, (laughs) but my mental health score this week, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being bottom of the barrel, feeling shitty, your local DMV, there's no AC, and you're just roasting, waiting in line at the DMV. That's a solid 1 for me. A 10 would be your toes are in the sand, you're at an island resort, all-inclusive, you got a delicious cocktail, and you're feeling incredible. That's definitely not where I'm at right now, (laughs) but I'm going to rate my mental health a solid 7.5 out of 10 right now, which is like a 75%, let's say. That's a C plus. I'm feeling good. Not incredible, not amazing, but just good. I'm getting by, and I'm happy where I'm at right now. I went to Montana, which I talked about last week for a bachelorette party. I'm going to do a deep dive into bachelorette parties. If you have any stories to share, please send them through. You could email me, you could DM me, or in the Low Life Facebook group. It goes down there too. You could uh, drop your story in the Facebook group. But I loved Montana. Montana, Whitefish, Montana. Shout out to everybody in Whitefish, Montana. What a beautiful place. And I had this nice escape into the forest. I took shrooms. I ran around in my underwear. I took edibles. I went on hikes. I was thriving. Loved it. And so coming back home to the concrete jungle, although I was very excited to be home for Little Shamu, that was the highlight of coming back. But I still got a little bit bummed because I had such a good time and it was nice to really decompress. And I realized that we really need nature. We really need nature these days. It helps tremendously with mental health. And I've been looking into it because every time I go out on a hike or I'm just around trees or just walking anywhere outside with a little bit of vitamin D, some sun, it really does make an impact. I learned, according to a study sponsored by the Environmental Protection Agency, the average American spends 93% of his or her time indoors. 93%? I mean, that makes sense if you think about it. You spend most of your time inside, of course. Rarely do we go outside, especially if we're working a nine-to-five job. It's an office type of environment. You know, then you want to get a workout in, maybe go to the gym or something. But trying to get outside is so important. I've been looking into it because 
Like, why does it affect me so much? Why do I feel so good? So good that I don't even want to come back to LA. That's how much I was loving the nature. There was an article that I read though, and they kind of broke it down because this was a thing also in Japan. It's called forest baths. Have you heard of that? Forest bathing. It sounds like taking your clothes off and taking a bath in the forest. That's not what it is. I'll break it down for you. This article is really good. So in Japan, it was dubbed Shinrin-yoku, probably just butchered that, Shinrin-yoku, meaning forest bathing in the early 1980s. So around this time, people were leaving behind their rural communities and settling in densely populated cities where they worked with computers and other new technologies. The economy boomed, but the health of the people began to decline. Drawing from a rich cultural history of Nature reverence, the Japanese government began studying the health impact of spending time in the forest. They looked at physiological markers like blood pressure and your heart rate, stress hormone levels, immune system responses, and general feelings of well-being. The results were so promising that more than five dozen nature trails were designated throughout Japan as happy forest therapy bases. How cute. Since then, studies have found that strolling in a greener environment yields lowered levels of cortisol, a decrease in sympathetic nerves, aka your fight-or-flight activity, lower blood pressure, and a slowed heart rate, not to mention better moods and lower anxiety. I need all of those things. One magical finding is that the phytocides, the aromatic organic compounds that trees emit, I looked up what the hell is a phytocide? So phytocides are antibacterial, antifungal qualities, and they help plants trees fight off diseases. So when people breathe in those chemicals given off by the plants and trees, our bodies respond by increasing the number and activity of a type of white blood cell called natural cell killers or NK. And these cells kill tumor and virus infected cells in our bodies, literally fights diseases. All right, this article continues to say, so if you think about it, all of these findings make a good deal of intuitive sense. Humans have spent 99% of our existence in close relationship with the natural living world. Only recently does it seem we've lost the plot. Being in nature might in this way feel very much like coming home. So that's what forest bathing is, is basically walking in nature and really taking it in, taking in the sights, the sounds, being as present as possible, like putting your phone on airplane mode type of a thing and just being present and enjoying nature. And it really does make such a difference. For me, at least, I've noticed it. I was like, wow, this is oh, very beneficial. And so I am trying to do that here in Los Angeles It's nothing compared to Montana, though. (laughs) Montana is where it's at because there's so many trees and it's like beautiful. But we do have beautiful spots here in L.A. And so I encourage you, if you get the chance to go out into nature, take a hike, a walk, even through a park, a local park, anything with some freaking trees, baby, you're going to feel so much better. It's proven. It's science. We need trees. We need sunlight. We got to get out there and be one with nature. As I'm getting older, I'm turning into a complete hippie. (laughs) I'm not mad at it. I'm a freaking hippie now. I was the king of capitalism. I'm working in the fashion industry. Consumerism is my middle name. But you know what? I'm hanging up my capitalism boots and I'm falling in love with nature, falling in love with myself all over again. And it feels really good to go outside. It feels really good to be into crystals, for example. I don't know shit about crystals, but I know they're beautiful. I like them in my home. I buy them. They're expensive. They look really pretty. And I know they all have different healing properties. Here's the thing, though. The practical side of my brain is like, how do we know what these crystals actually do? Like, where did that come from? If you're really into crystals and you know about like the origin story of like, why is quartz good for like rose quartz? I have a big rose quartz crystal on my coffee table and it looks beautiful. But why does that promote healing or amethyst promotes something different? Or um, I have black onyx and black onyx is supposed to help with depression. Does it actually? I have no freaking clue, but I am drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to do a deep dive on crystals. If you know anything about crystals, their origin story, that sort of a thing, why certain ones have very specific healing properties, stuff like that please slide into my DMs and also let me know if this is an episode you'd be interested in listening to because I want to find experts, industry experts that know all about this so they could break it down and explain it to me, explain it to us. I'm very curious about that. And if you know anything or know of someone that's like the crystal king or queen, send them my way. Anyway, very excited to be in this woo-woo hippie phase of my life. I'm down for some nature. I'm taking shrooms. I got crystals everywhere (laughs) And, um, and I love it.
oh, I have to tell you guys about Little Shamu. So I came home. I'm with Little Shamu. This is a lot to unpack, though. It's not only Little Shamu that we have. So when I left to Montana, I felt like the deadbeat dad that was dropping off his kid with his grandparents. I was like, sorry, I'm going to go find myself in a forest. You're going to have to watch my newborn son. <laughs> so my parents were more than happy to watch Little Shamu. They're obsessed with him. And he is a very sweet little boy. He's the sweetest pup. He's really living up to his name, though, Shamu. He's half Orca, half Latino, and he has these little razor-sharp teeth. They're coming in strong, and so he's teething, so he's biting everything. Oh, God, the other day, I was at home. I had these little silk shorts on, and I'm trying to get him out of the habit of biting, but I don't want to like, yell at him or anything. So when he bites, because we'll be playing, and sometimes he'll get a little too aggressive, and he'll bite hard. Like, he could draw blood. Oh, yeah. This little Shamu, <laughs> he's a monster at times. And so... He was biting me. And so when he does that, I'll go, no, no, no. And then I'll just stop playing with him for a few seconds. Let it register with him. Like, that's not what we do. And he'll be like, wait, what? Did I do something wrong? What the hell's going on? And then I'll continue to play with him. I think that's the way to do it. That's what Cesar Milan said in an episode. But anyway, little Shamu does get a little aggressive. And as I was playing with him the other day, he was kind of nipping at my feet. And I was sitting on the floor with him. And then he ended up... <laughs> He ended up crawling over my legs and he's nipping at me. And then he just literally just bites on my dick. <laughs> I, was, I was free balling it in these little silk shorts. And he's so little that he just literally went into my shorts and like nibbled on my dick. <laughs> freaked out. Oh, I hated it. I was like, Shamu, the heck? Anyway, that can't happen again. So if you have any tips or tricks out there for puppy parenting, please let me know <laughs> because little Shamu needs some help. We have him at my parents' house, although he's been with me and then I'll bring him to my parents' house as well. But there's also two additional Frenchies, puppies at my parents' house right now. So three dogs, puppies in total, which is a lot of work. And we're watching two Frenchies. So one is for my cousin, Stephanie in Colorado. She really wanted a Frenchie. She got it, but she can't pick it up until August, mid-August. So we have this little Frenchie for like three more weeks. And then my padrino, my godfather, he also wanted to get a little Frenchie. And my parents are helping with him because he has to travel for work and stuff. And so they will eventually get to take their dogs with them. But it's just the timing of it is not ideal. We have to watch all of them. And so <laughs> there's a lot happening in the house right now. There was shit and piss, and puppies everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, it's tough. And even potty training them is really difficult. Little Shamu is pretty good. I didn't crate train him yet. Um, I have the crate coming in. We're going to be able to crate train him at my place. Definitely going to do that. Um, as for the two Frenchies, we can't crate train them right now because they have an intestinal infection, both of them. They're from the same litter. And so they have some weird intestinal infection with worms. Sick. Which happens a lot with little puppies. It's very normal for that to happen. Um, so they have to take a little antibiotic and it's very contagious. I'm like, oh God, the last thing I need is worms. So when they touch you and lick on you, like that sort of thing, I just got to make sure I'm washing my hands and just not touching my face after I play with these pups. But they're shitting everywhere because of the antibiotics. And so it's very hard to train them right now. So there's just poop massacres happening left and right. Oh, and by the way, as I'm sure you already know this, if you've had puppies, a lot of the times puppies like to eat their own shit. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> so as the poop is happening, I'm like, oh my God, we're having to hurry up and clean it because they will go up and want some of that soft serve for breakfast or lunch. I'm like, oh shit, that is so gross. And also it's going to reinfect them. And so it's just a lot happening, but we're going to make it through this. These pups will be great. They're going to be potty trained. We're going to give them a wonderful life. My cousin is going to take little Bella is what she named her dog. And then little Stella is the other one. They're going to take their puppies, uh, one to Colorado. One is going to be living very close to where my parents are at in Orange County. And then, of course, I'll have Shamu in L.A. But it's the process of training them and their teething and like that whole thing. It's just a lot. I don't want to say it's as tough as being a parent because I know any mom listening to this right now <laughs> will be like, Lo, shut your freaking mouth. But I will say after I was cleaning up all this shit and these three puppies and giving them all baths and I've been so busy with them, I felt like that Reba McIntyre song, a single mom who works three jobs, loves her kids and never stops. 
I felt like a single mom just really trying to make it work, make ends meet. (laughs) This is nothing compared to what like a mom with an infant goes through, but it is very similar. It's not the same, but it is similar. I will say that this little puppy, all of them, they're just shitting, pissing everywhere. They don't know any better. They're running around doing their thing, which is, I guess, similar to a baby. They do the same thing. Anyway, Let's get into this week's episode. I'm excited for this one. I wanted to dive into the world of fashion. A lot of my listeners have been saying, Lo, we want a fashion episode. What's hot? What's not? What are we wearing this summer? What are some rules, style, fashion guidelines that you have? And so I'm giving my listeners what they want. My kings and queens, you are seen, you are heard. And so we're going to do a solo episode into the world of fashion. I'm happy you're here for this one. There's some great takeaways from this episode. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's fashion solo mission. Hit it. Let's get into our fashion episode. Before I get into it, though, when it comes to fashion, yes, I've been styling for the last decade, and I do consider myself pretty well-versed in the world of fashion. I don't like to use the word expert. I don't know why I don't like to say fashion expert. It feels like there's pressure associated with that. And also, fashion is so subjective. What I think could be really cute and cool and what I'm into, my aesthetic, could be very different from what somebody else is into. I mean, it's your own personal style, and everybody has their own unique taste. When people hire me to style them, they're trusting in my taste level. They're trusting in my vision. And so my approach to styling, though, is I want someone to feel confident. I want them to feel like the best version of themselves. And so for certain stylists, what really does it for them is the designers. And they get so inspired by these incredible, tortured souls that are designers that create these beautiful pieces. It's like artwork. And granted, I do love all of that. The couture, the fashion side of it, the runway shows, love it. Super into it. But that is not my motivating force. That's not what's driving me in fashion. It's never been that for me, ever. I look at fashion as, yeah, that's the exciting component of it. But what really does it for me is when I get to work with a client and I get to see a transformational process with them. It is a high that I get. And I'm dealing with people who have body dysmorphia. I'd say 98.5 of my clients have some form of body dysmorphia. And I've worked with some of the wealthiest, most beautiful people in the entertainment industry. And I just have to put it on record that everybody is going through it. Everybody hates themselves at one point. People are really hard on themselves. And I've had to do some inner work here because I've been in this industry for so long, born and raised in Los Angeles, Orange County, which is also the mecca for plastic surgery and body dysmorphia. (laughs) And so I've had to be careful in navigating this environment because it's really easy to be so hard on yourself. I'm seeing people complain about their bodies. I mean, my little Canadian maple delight, Miss Caitlin Bristow. I mean, she's said it herself on her podcast several times or even on this show. She struggles with her image. She struggles with body dysmorphia and she's a tiny little thing. But sometimes when she talks about herself, the way she describes herself is like, you would think I'm styling the hunchback. (laughs) You would think I'm styling a fucking potato with hair. The way she describes herself sometimes, it's real negative self-talk. I do the same thing. I think we're all guilty of that at some point in our lives, but it's not good for us. It's not healthy. And at some point, we really have to let go of the negative self-talk and just hating on ourselves, the body dysmorphia, and start to put in the work to fall in love with ourselves again, both internally and externally. So I've been putting in the work, I've been researching, I've been talking to my therapist, I've been trying to give myself a fighting chance to having some self-confidence, like true confidence here, because sometimes it gets a little bit shaky in this industry. And I'm sure for anyone listening to this, if you have a baby, for example, I've worked with a lot of new mothers, they have a baby, their body changes, and they can be really hard on themselves. I know a lot of clients who want to save clothes, 
they don't want to get rid of certain things. So they want to get down to a certain size and they could wear their clothes that they love so much, you know, that they don't fit into right now. I used to do the same thing. I'm a minimalist in life. I don't like to hold on to things unless it's very sentimental. Like I love a handwritten note or a card. I'll save that. Or if there's like something from a trip that's very special, that's a little memory keepsake, I'll hold on to something like that. But other than something that has some sort of sentimental value, I'm not someone who wants to hold on to possessions. Get rid of it, out with the old, in with the new, constantly wanting to change. And I don't like attachment to material possessions. It gives me anxiety, actually. Like, I don't like a lot of things on my countertops. It stresses me out. I can't have shit all over my counters. Also in my room, it's kind of like a monk monastery. And if I have shit everywhere, it's a good reflection of what the hell is going on in my head. A hot mess. So the cleaner my place is, the more minimalistic it is, the better for my own mental health. That's just how I tick. Works for me. But a caveat to that, where I'm not a minimalist, is when it comes to clothing. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> so I, I don't like to get rid of clothes. It's really hard for me to get rid of clothes, especially if you've spent money, like good money on a pair of jeans, for example. You spend like $200, $300 on a fancy pair of jeans, designer denim, or you buy a nice coat or something, and you don't fit into it anymore. It is so difficult for me to get rid of that coat, to donate it. I'm like, oh my God, because I will fit into it eventually or I want to hold on to it as a goal type of a thing. I do that a lot. That was something that I used to always have, my little bin of clothes that I don't fit into right now, you know, because I had the pandemic pounds put on, but I will fit into them eventually again. I would use the clothes that I had, those designer jeans or that really cool shirt that I love or whatever I was holding on to that I didn't fit into anymore but I would save it in my closet or in a little storage bin as a form of motivation. At least that's what I thought it was. Like, I will fit into these. I can't wait to fit into those jeans. I'm learning now, though, learning the hard way. And this is just, again, part of living life. And there's lessons you learn along the way. And this is hard for me to say it. But you know what? It's the truth. Keeping clothes in sizes that don't fit you is not a form of motivation. It's not. I know you think it could be, I did for a long time, but it actually causes stress, anxiety, and it will trigger negative self-talk, which makes you feel way less motivated and it makes it impossible to accept and love your body currently as you are. At least that was my experience. I was holding on to these special pieces in my closet that I didn't fit into anymore. One, because I did spend a lot of money on them and I don't come from wealth. I don't come from a money background sort of a thing. I've had to work my ass off and I did have a bit of a scarcity mindset in the beginning of my career. I would save things and I never knew when the next gig was coming. I think that's part of also coming from a minority family. You know, I'm second generation, but that's how my mom was, is you work your ass off and you have to make sure you save and you never know when you're going to be out of work. <laughs> so I have that mentality. But also that scarcity mindset of like, I paid good money for this. This is a big deal for me to spend like $200 on a pair of jeans. Like I want to hold on to them, even if I don't fit in them, because one day I'll fit in them again. But I've had a complete paradigm shift because you're not supposed to fit into clothes. Your clothes are supposed to fit you. Dress for the body that you have right now. Respect and love the body that you have right now and treat that body well. And so it was hard for me to wrap my brain around that because, again, hoarder with fashion, <laughs> I had to let some things go. And now I look at it like my motivator is not that I'm going to fit into these jeans that I squeezed my ass into, you know, four years ago before the pandemic. My motivating force right now is I want to take care of my body. I want to feel good. And if I do end up dropping some pounds, I could treat myself to a new outfit. The motivating force is me getting to go and buy a new pair of jeans or something that I love for myself and, and out with the old and with the new. It really feels good to let go of even clothes, which I thought I would never, ever say something like that. <laughs> but I swear, it is very freeing. So I encourage you, as you're listening to this, if there's a pair of jeans and you haven't fit into those jeans in over five years, donate them. The shorts that are very uncomfortable because they're too tight, but they are a great designer and you got them on sale or you splurged and treated yourself to them, but they don't fit you anymore. They're just uncomfortable. Donate those. The goal dress that you have, that dress that you have in your closet and it's supposed to motivate you and you've had it in your closet in a garment bag for however many years, donate that shit. Get rid of it. 
It's easier said than done, but I promise you the benefits you'll feel from letting go of those things. Not only does it clean out physical space in your closet, but it also clears up mental space for you. Always in the back of your mind, if you have those pieces and you go into your closet, you'll be reminded of, oh, I need to fit into those jeans one day or whatever. So getting rid of that really does free up mental space and it does make a big difference. It's helped me. And also when I look in the mirror, God, I used to be so hard on myself. I still can pick myself apart at times. I know guys go through it just as much as women do. Guys just don't talk about it as openly and as freely as women do. They're a little bit more closed off with it. But I know a lot of heterosexual gay men as well that are just vicious to themselves. And I hear my friends talking bad about themselves all the time. And, oh, my God, I look so ugly. I look so fat. Oh, God, look at that angle of me. I look like a fucking beached whale. <laughs> I'm like, geez. The way that you talk about yourself, if you constantly are saying the same thing over and over and, and beating yourself up, you are carving out a pathway in your brain. We have neuroplasticity in our brains. They're constantly changing, and you can carve out those pathways. If you say something enough to yourself, you'll eventually start to believe it, and your self-esteem, your confidence will just be in the dumps. The queen really helped me with this. She's really helped me with some self-love, which has been a game changer for me. I've shared this story before, but I don't care that I've shared this story before because it's one of those stories that I have to constantly remind myself of because it is very helpful. But I remember when the queen was taking this new prescription and it had made her put on weight and she didn't feel comfortable in her skin. So she put on these pounds and she wasn't fitting into her normal clothes. And it was a big transition for her. It was really hard for her. And I remember asking her, queen, you know, with this weight gain, like, do you get down on yourself or how have you been dealing with, with the weight gain? And her and I go into the weeds and the depths of conversation and have convos like this all the time about how we're feeling about certain things. And, and she said, you know, Miho. It was really hard for me, and I went through a bit of a depression. I was feeling really sad. I was really hard on myself. But I started to check myself, stop myself in those moments where I was being really negative when I looked in the mirror. And now, when I look in the mirror, because we've lost so many family members and friends, and we've experienced a lot of people that, that don't have their health, we've had people in our lives, unfortunately, whose health has completely deteriorated very quickly, I must say, too which is, again, a big wake-up call, how lucky we are to even be able to wake up in the morning and be alive. And so when you experience grief, sadness, and loss, and you have people in your life that don't even have their health or they're struggling to get healthy, it really puts things in perspective. She said, now, mijo, when I look in the mirror and I see that I put on extra weight, instead of beating myself up, I'm actually grateful for the weight that I have. This weight that I have on is a side effect of a medication. And so I look at it like this is armor. This is a side effect from a medication that I have to be on so that I could be alive. And so unfortunately, yes, it's put on weight, but it's armor that's protected me that's going to get me to the next chapter of my life. And I thought that was a really beautiful perspective to have, to look at that weight as just armor that she had. And she said, and eventually I'll be ready to shed that armor. And just like you, Miho, like you put on some pounds, you're not feeling that great right now. This was during the pandemic. I was beating myself up because I'm like, oh my God, I'm a trash panda eating like literal shit, <laughs> just feeling terrible about myself. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't really sleeping. I wasn't drinking water and I definitely wasn't going outside. I was struggling with mental health and this was in the thick of it during the pandemic. And so I looked in the mirror and I wasn't happy with my reflection. I didn't feel good about myself. And instead of, again, beating myself up like I typically would, or just being hypercritical and picking every part of my body that I didn't like, and instead of focusing on the good things that I love, I really focused on the negative. And now I've had a paradigm shift where I'm like, you know what? I put on some extra pounds. This was during the pandemic, but this is a little bit of depression weight, but I'm not going to be mad at it. I'm actually okay with it. And I'm going to embrace it because I got to this point and the fact that I could even be in a position where I could lose these little depression pounds, this depression armor that I have, I can shed this armor. I have the ability to do that. That's a gift in itself. And so I'm ready to shed it. I don't need this armor anymore. It got me to this certain point. I needed it during the pandemic, clearly. Maybe I did need to get soft and gain some weight during the pandemic. That's okay. I needed that in that specific moment, but in this new chapter that I'm going into in life, I no longer need that depression armor. So time for it to go. Into the sauna I go to sweat it out. And it also helps just to work out, truly, for mental health. Not even about weight loss or anything like that. 
it is a game changer just with the endorphins that are released when you're physical in any capacity. It's a game changer. So now when I look in the mirror and I see myself, I always think of the queen and how she looks at herself and how you can change your perspective. And it does make a world of difference. You can thank your body for waking up in the morning. You can thank your body for being alive and being able to stand on your two feet. Some people don't even have that privilege. You know what I mean? Like it is a gift. Our health is the most important thing that we have. It's everything. So who gives a f if you gain some extra pounds or you have cellulite or you're not happy with the way your you know legs look right now or whatever it could be? Who cares if you're feeling soft in your belly area and you know you don't have a six pack? No one actually gives a shit. And so the next time you see a mirror, instead of just bashing how you look, just give yourself a high five. Thank your body. Be grateful for it. Make it a habit to see, support, and accept yourself exactly who you are. And I'm sorry if this is sounding like a freaking TED talk, but I've been really working on it. And I know a lot of my closest friends, family members, clients are going through it right now, especially with summer and people are walking around in their bathing suits and shit and people are shedding some clothes and people get in their head about it. I, I know it could be an issue. Body dysmorphia runs very rampant. There's a spike in it during the summer season. And so that's why I'm bringing this topic up. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I'm all about leveling up with my low lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style. And I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. All right, so let's get into some summer fashion trends. And I will say, yes, I have my opinions, but you know what? Wear whatever the hell you want. I'm not a Judge Judy. Sometimes I can be. <laughs> Sometimes I can be. But at the end of the day, if you feel confident in something, you want to rock it, do you, boo. Wear whatever the hell you want is what I'm saying. But there are some trends. There are some things that are in. I do think there are some things that are definitely out right now. And so we're going to cover those right now. A little fashion segment for you. So if you don't have time to research and see what trends are popping right now, what colors you should be wearing, what's the silhouette of the season, that sort of thing, I'm going to fill you in on all of that right now. For both men and women's fashion, we got you covered. Let's get into it. I can't believe early 2000s fashion is coming back in full swing. I know fashion is cyclical. I know everything comes back around eventually. That's part of the reason why it's hard for me to give up clothes. That's why I hoard shit, because I know it's going to be cute again eventually. Like the neon trend, I had a bunch of neon stuff. Like That's where I will say it is okay to hold on to some pieces. As long as you're not holding on to it because you eventually want to fit in it again. But if there's a piece that you have, like a cool neon sweater that's very unique and you love it, but just neon's not in right now or it's 
hot, so you don't want to wear a sweater, <laughs> then I think that's okay to save pieces like that. But I've saved some vintage style pieces that I know are going to come back in. And so I can't believe, though, that like Ed Hardy, people are wearing that shit again. I loved Ed Hardy. Von Dutch, those like trucker hats. Oh, I was all about him back in the day. And those are making a comeback. <laughs> people fucking love them. One thing I cannot get behind, I love the fact that early 2000s fashion is happening again. It's cute. We're doing chunky shoes, platforms, butterfly clips, xenon, girl, the 21st century. We are back, baby. But I cannot subscribe to low-rise jeans. They're trying to make low-rise jeans happen again. I'm sorry, but no, absolutely not. Low-rise jeans, I'm seeing them pop up in all these different stores, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom's. I see a lot of models wearing them right now. They are not flattering, though. I believe like maybe 1%, 2% of the population could actually pull off low-rise jeans that are right above the vagine. It's just a lot. It's not cute. It's not the vibe. So I can't get behind low-rise jeans, but I know people are trying to make them happen again. And so... That's one early 2000s trend that I've been seeing everywhere. And I'm like, why? Also, I've noticed the square tip shoes are making a comeback. Those were big in the 90s and early 2000s as well. Like it looks like a platypus bill, like a flat bill. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen them with a lot of designers, but it's like a square front shoe. I don't mind it in a sandal. That's cute. Or a slingback, you know, open toe shoe. But a square toe shoe in a boot or in a heel is so ugly to me. It's just not cute. I think that's my issue with trends. That's what it really comes down to. I will support and endorse any trend out there as long as it's flattering. If it's not flattering, like what are we doing here? So low rise jeans, it's not flattering on I'd say 98% of the population. And those square front platypusy looking shoes, <laughs> they're just not flattering. They make every girl's feet look super long. Every guy too. Oh my God. Guys used to wear dress shoes with square front tips. Ugh. I still see them in stores now. They're making a comeback with guys too. I'm like, oh, please don't do it. One trend that's happening this summer that I can definitely get behind that's also a throwback is cargo pants. Cargo pants, cargo shorts, never thought those would be cute again, but utility pants is what we call them. And they are definitely making a big resurgence and they're cute. Like baggy pants, super in right now. And I don't mind a baggy silhouette. I think it's fun. It's cute. I love a pant that has some function in it, some pockets. I'm down for some pockets, throw some edibles in a pocket, some cash and my keys. I don't love the way cargo shorts look on me because they bulk up my legs and I don't have tiny skinny little legs. I have like football player legs. And so I don't really love cargo shorts on me or pants, but I'm still going to rock them because they're functional and they're very comfortable. And they're in that like windbreaker material. So they're packable. They're very easy to travel with. I'm about the utility pants. Yes to cargo pants and cargo shorts in that windbreakery packable type fabric. Another big trend right now is of course, Barbie core, that hot pink color. I feel like with all the promotion and branding and advertisements, this Barbie movie, it is a lot. <laughs> it's everywhere that I'm kind of overwhelmed and just exhausted. I have Barbie fatigue is what I'm getting at. Barbie fatigue with all the pink, but I still find it very cute. And I know a lot of brands have Barbie pink everything. And I get it with the movie launching. I'm like, how did this movie get so much press and promotion? My God. But that color is really popping off right now. And it's the Pantone color of the year. And so Barbie pink is everywhere. It's happening. I'm a little tired of it, but I still find it very cute. Another color that is very popular right now, especially for summer, and this one I can definitely get behind. I'm so excited for the lavender haze that's happening right now. There's so much lavender, lilacs, purples. I love playing with a springtime color in the summer because you can take lavender and wear it in summer, but I love buying anything in that color family. One, because it's my favorite color. I love purple. It's my aura color, but also... It's transitional to every season. So if you are going to invest in, let's say, a coat or a pretty dress or a pair of pants or a pair of shoes and they're lavender or purple and you're like, I want to change things up and I want to buy a bold color jacket, purse or something like that, 
I would opt for a lavender or purple or a cerulean blue option because that is a color you could literally take into every single season. It's a seasonless color. Lavenders, you could wear them in the winter, pair it with gray and dark colors and camel brown. It looks beautiful with that. Or you could rock it in the spring. Or of course, it looks really cute in the summer paired with white and metallic silvers and gold. And so you could do a lot with those colors. And so I always tell my clients when they're like, I want to add a little color to my wardrobe, but I want something that I could have for a while to get the most bang for my buck. I always go with a jewel tone for them or like a beautiful lavender lilac type color or a pale blush pink. Again, very seasonless. It works all year long. Another big trend for summer 2023 that's going to carry into the fall for sure are metallic bags. People are loving their metallic bags. This was another trend that was big in the early 2000s. Remember that photo? It was like Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton with those giant Louis Vuitton metallic silver monogram bags. I just remember that photo. It was like singed in my memory. But that style of like a big metallic bag, also small bags are very in right now too. But metallic gold, silver bags, those are popping off. I love them. I think it's cute. Adds a little dimension to your outfit and you don't have to worry about it going out of style. Like if you were to buy a Barbie core bright pink bag, that's great. Love it. But it is a very seasonal type item. So we'll have to you know, collect some dust until that trend comes back around again. But metallic silver, gold, you could wear it into the holidays. If you're going to get a bag, you know, a new purse, and you want to try something different than black or brown, then I'd say go metallic. Have some fun with it. Gold or silver. I'm also really down for puff sleeves and bows and lace. I love it. It's very sweet. It's very feminine. And I've been seeing a lot of different brands, designers, throwing a lot of these very sweet, delicate, feminine details into their collections. And I'm obsessed with it. I'm never going to get tired of a puff sleeve. Love that. Love a peasant dress. If you wear a dress and it looks like you're in a cult, like that white flowy dress. <laughs> I love it. Put on your little cult dress. But I do think if you have that style, like if you're going to wear something that's very delicate and sweet, like a fit and flare dress in a jersey material or something like that, I think you should edge it up. That's what I like to do for my clients anyway. Edge it up. So throw a leather belt on with it or some combat boots. Or if you have a really cute dress, maybe throw like a flannel and tie it around your waist to make it feel a little bit more grunge, more streetwear vibe. Or if you have a cute dress, I love the look of a sweet, delicate puff sleeve dress paired with sneakers. I'm always down for sneakers with the dress. I think that is so sweet. Very fashionable, very chic. 100% endorse rocking sneakers with anything really. Love it. Even guys rocking suits, throw a pair of sneakers on with the suit. We don't need to do the formal dress shoe. Also ties for guys, guys who are wearing like bow ties or just skinny tie. I mean, some guys are really into it, but I cannot subscribe to a dude wearing a tie anymore. They're so uncomfortable. It's old school. It's just not my thing. I'm over it. And I know a lot of my male clients are like, do I have to wear a tie? No, you don't. Unless it's like a super formal event like black tie. But even then, oh, I'm kind of over the whole tie thing. Just like I'm over wearing really tight pants, tight pants on dudes where the ankles are showing and you got no socks. I like a slim pant. I like a nice, slim, straight leg pant. But if it is so tight where we're seeing freaking moose knuckle, we're getting balls and a little bit of the tip of your junk. Like you can see it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot for a freaking wedding. So just loosen up the pants, boys. We know you work out. We get it. You want to show off your legs or whatever, but your pants don't need to be that tight. I like a relaxed leg, slim, straight leg. I think that's way more flattering for pretty much any type of guy, whether you have really muscly legs or skinny little legs, whatever it is. The most flattering silhouette is just a nice tapered pant that fits you properly that you're not going to bust out of. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. 
Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. I love it. My kids love it. The grandparents love it. And I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. The sneaker trend is popping off and I can definitely get behind sneakers with everything, but I don't love the look of vintage sneakers that look worn in. I'm not a fan of it personally. It's just not my thing, but I know people are obsessed with like Golden Goose sneakers. Have you heard of that brand? Golden Goose, Italian made, just sneakers that have a big star on the side of them. I'm sure you've seen them at some point. They're very popular right now, but they're expensive. $5.95 is the average cost of a pair of these Golden Goose sneakers. And they're white sneakers that have a star on the side of them, and they look like they've been worn for years. They're kind of dirty, they're kind of worn in, and that's like the whole point of these shoes. But I hate it. I don't find it cute at all. It's just not my thing. And I've actually had a pair of Golden Goose sneakers. They were gifted to me. Thanks to Golden Goose for sending the sneakers. But they weren't even that comfortable. So it's just not the shoe that I love. Um, But I know people are really into sneakers. I like a crisp white sneaker. I do. Doesn't matter the price point of it. I've actually found that the sneakers I have that are so cheap, the ones that I get at like Nordstrom Rack for under $100, Those are the ones I always get the most compliments on. People are like, oh, I love your sneakers. Also really into platform sneakers right now. Oh, I love me a platform. If you could find a pair of sneakers right now that has any platform, like a a platform Vans type sneaker in a funky color. Ah, I'm so into that. It gives me flashbacks to the Spice Girls. And that was one of my favorite eras to be alive for is the Spice Girl era. I'm a Spice Girl generation over here. I love Posh Spice. I would always play her in the group. We love Victoria Beckham. But I definitely related more to Scary Spice and Ginger. I loved Jerry Hollowell. Wait, is that her name? Yeah, Jerry Hollowell. Love her. Go out and get yourself a cute pair of Spice Girl shoes. Oh, and I've seen some crazy ones coming back. Like straight up looking like a Bratz doll. And I bought a pair that make me like 6'3", because I'm 6'1", but I have these shoes with like a three-inch platform. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm obsessed. They're so cute. All right, let's talk about denim for a hot minute. It's a controversial subject because I know there is this whole campaign of TikTokers out there trying to make skinny jeans a thing of the past. Like, skinny jeans aren't in right now. Nobody's wearing them. Or I've read articles where they're talking about how high-waisted jeans are out. Don't wear high-waisted jeans, paper bag waist jeans, palazzo pants, gauchos, culottes. Those aren't in anymore. Those are out. Throw them away. I disagree strongly with that. And I'm going to say right here, right now on the podcast, that if you have some skinny jeans that you love or some high-waisted pants or palazzo pants or whatever, wear the pants that you love. Everybody's body is so different. And some people actually look better in skinny jeans. Some people feel better in them. They look better in them. So I'm like, rock your skinny jeans. They're not out. Quit trying to make skinny jeans not a thing anymore. <laughs> there are people who are really hating on them. And I'm like, why? They're flattering on some people. I don't love the look of skinny jeans on me, but I do know that they look really cute on other people. And so other guys too. Again, when I say skinny jeans, if they're sprayed onto the body, it's a lot. And again, we're going to be dealing with moose knuckles, the dick print for the dudes. So I don't love that, but I'm down for skinny jeans in general. Also high-waisted pants, boyfriend jeans. I know right now the baggy look is so in an oversized blazer, rocket with some baggy jeans and a cute little top. Sure. But that silhouette does not look good on everybody. So I can't subscribe to the anti-skinny jean movement. I'm about skinny jeans. If they fit you and they look great on you, rock your skinny jeans or whatever jean is the most flattering. I have the same philosophy when it comes to sunglasses. Some people love smaller frames, bigger frames. You know, the tiny little sunglass trend was a thing about four years ago. And also like the big Jackie O oversized glasses, which I love that look. But that's also a big trend right now. And little tiny glasses are out. Some people actually look great in a smaller frame. I look insane. So I'm not down for that tiny little sunglass trend, but also the huge sunglasses like the Jackie O style, that doesn't look that great on me either. So I just go for a classic Ray-Ban Wayfarer. That's my favorite, my tried and true, never goes out of style in my book. I'm obsessed with Ray-Bans in general. Um, but that particular style, I've been wearing it for over 15 years. Actually, oh my God, it was my first pair of sunglasses when I was like 13 years old and I, I've i never changed my sunglasses. <laughs> I always go for that style. Or aviators, you can't go wrong with a pair of aviators too. Those are really cute. The gas station sunglass trend that's also popping off right now, those glasses like that are Oakley's that dads love to wear on the golf course, dad glasses, that's a thing right now. And you can get them at your local 7-Eleven usually for like 10 bucks. You'll see them at the checkout area. I think those are cute. I've seen like Kendall Jenner and Hailey Bieber and shit wearing those around town. Oakley's is a very popular brand that makes that specific like wraparound style of glass. Again, not flattering on me. I'm not about it, but I'm not going to hate on someone that loves it. It could look very cute. It's just a very hard silhouette to pull off for your face shape. It's tough. No matter what face shape you have, round face, oval, heart shape, whatever, that specific style is just not the easiest to look good in. I just went to this press preview, and it's where a showroom where I go to pull clothing for my clients, they'll rep several designers, and they'll have these press previews where they show the collection, and I get a good idea of like what's coming up for the season. And I was so excited to see the return of the boho bag. I love a good boho bag. I love maxi skirts. I know it was out for a bit, and it's coming back full swing. And I think it's very cute and also so comfortable. And that's the main thing. I want my queens to be comfortable. And I'm seeing guys rock boho skirts now too. Yes, I'm down for some gender bender type fashion. Everybody should be able to rock a skirt. I love a skirt. I do. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Brad Pitt rock a skirt on the red carpet. It's comfortable. You're free balling it. I understand why the ladies love a nice flowy skirt. Maxi skirts are definitely a thing right now. Pleated skirts are everything. They'll still be a trend going into winter, fall. You know, those accordion style skirts. Love those. Those boho bags, which is like almost famous. Uh, what's her name? Kate Hudson. Remember that movie, Almost Famous? Penny Lane was her character, and I loved her style in that. And so wearing the cute oversized glasses and having a boho bag and maybe a fringe vest, throw a little fringe in the mix. That is also making a big comeback right now. And I'm about it. I do love some fringe too. 
I love that people are having so much fun with color right now, especially guys. Guys, when it came to wearing a suit, they would wear navy blue, black, gray, camel brown. There's not much variation in there. Gray, all great neutral colors. Can't go wrong with a beautiful navy suit, but it is so refreshing and so nice to see guys wanting to change shit up and wear bright colors right now. My kings out there, have some fun with your fashion. Play with some color. Throw on some pink or some bright pattern. Like It looks fresh, it's fashionable, and also makes you stand out in a good way. And if wearing a bright colored suit is too ambitious for you, I understand that. Let's just start with baby steps. Rock an undershirt in a bright color or buy a cool zip-up jacket, like a members-only type jacket. They sell those, like those Alpha Industries makes a really cool bomber jacket. Love that brand. But get a cool color, like a metallic one or a pale pink one or something like that. I love that look. It spices up your wardrobe a little bit. And I'm so happy to see guys experimenting with colors, patterns, textures. Like They're having fun with their fashion for the first time in a very long time. Guys are also rocking pearl necklaces right now or a nice gold chain or any type of jewelry. Love jewelry on a guy. Again, there's a fine line. If you're rocking a gold chain, like it needs to be a very specific width, not too thick on that chain. Otherwise, you're gonna look like you're wanting to be Tony Soprano vibes. You're trying too hard. A delicate gold chain is way more chic. There's such a double standard though because I put my queens in thick gold chains all the time. (laughs) But on a guy, it just reads different. Reminds me of uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. There's this photo of him that was a meme for years. And it's him all muscly with his turtleneck. And he has a gold chain on. (laughs) So, (laughs) So nothing wrong with that look. But I do think a delicate or medium sized gold chain looks way better than a thick one with like diamonds on it. It's just a little try hard. When it comes to jewelry in general, there used to be this rule of like, you should only wear gold jewelry or only wear silver. What's in gold or silver or rose gold or right now, I love the fact that it doesn't matter what color jewelry you're wearing. And also mixing metals is a big thing right now. I love mixing metals. If you have some silver rings and you want to throw a gold one on too, I think that looks very chic and fashionable. Very cool. I love it. If you have a gold necklace, doesn't mean you have to have gold earrings to match. That's one thing that I actually don't love is a matching set. Not a fan of the matching set of earrings with a matching necklace or a bracelet. I like to spice it up. I feel like if you're going to wear jewelry, it should look eclectic and cool and like you sourced it from different parts of the world or whatever. It just makes you look more stylish if you don't have a matching set. So if you have some cool gold hoops you want to throw in a silver choker necklace, or maybe some silver and gold rings and layer them. That looks dope. It's cool. It's fresh. And you no longer have to just wear gold or just wear silver or whatever. You could mix metals. I'm all about it. But I feel like some of these rules that are put in place by, I don't even know who comes up with this shit. Like you can't wear white after Labor Day. Says who? Wear white anytime you want. If you're confident enough to rock white pants, something that I would never do, (laughs) just because I'm always getting shit dirty and I also get spray tans. And so I just avoid white pants. But if you want to rock them or a white dress or whatever it is, like do it before Labor Day or after. If you want to mix navy and black, that's another taboo. Never mix navy and black. Don't wear them together. I love mixing navy and black. I think it actually looks very polished and chic. And the same goes for mixing metals. Oh, you can't wear silver and gold jewelry. It doesn't look like it's matching. It looks weird. No, it doesn't. It's cool. It's eclectic. And again, very stylish. And I think that's the perfect place to leave this week's episode on. When it comes to fashion, it's freedom. It's self-expression. Have some fun with it. Have a good time. Don't play by the rules. And do you, boo. Put on that color. Wear that pattern. Rock the mix gold and silver. Do it. I love it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. I freaking love this podcast, this community that we have of incredible listeners. But this podcast would be nothing. It would be shit if it weren't for you, the listener. So thank you so much for tuning in every single week, supporting this show, loving it, sharing it with your friends, your family. Leaving those reviews on Apple Podcasts is 
truly a game changer. It makes a world of difference. It is a small gesture, but it really does make a big impact on the show. So thank you for taking the time to leave that review. I have listeners who will leave a review every single week. Just boom, copy, paste. And these reviews could be anything you want them to be. Throw a little dick emoji my way, an eggplant, salsa dancer, tamales, unicorns, or you could actually write something. Let me know if there's a new guest that you want me to have on. There's somebody that's on TikTok or on Instagram or whoever. Let me know. I actually would love to get guest suggestions from you. Any feedback for the show is always so welcomed. Every single comment, every single review is read and appreciated by me and my producers. So thank you for taking the time to do that. This week's question of the week is a bit of a curveball. It's a little bit dark, but I'm doing research for a future podcast episode. And so that's why I ask these questions. The question of the week is, if someone were to tell you when you were going to die, they were going to say, this is exactly when you will die. It could be anywhere from five years, 10 years, 30, 50 years from now, whatever it is. They were to tell you, this is the date, this is the time, when to expect it. Would you want to know that answer? Would you want to know when you're going to die? I was asked this question recently, and I have my answer, but I'm going to save it for next week and answer it on the podcast. But I want to know what you would do first. Would you want to know the answer? It's in an envelope, wrapped up, boom, open it up. That's literally your expiration date. Please let me know your answer in the review section of Apple Podcasts. Oh, and make sure you put your Instagram handle because I'm picking people, picking my kings and queens to send a little gift to. So if you want a chance to win a little something, something, and who doesn't love free shit? I have hyaluronic serums and the Low Life Gifting Suite, Target gift cards, shit you didn't know you needed on Amazon, some of my favorite summer products, also pickle popcorn, Trader Joe's treats, gas cards, gifts from our sponsors. We have the gifting suite open for business. And so if you want to win a little something, something, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and put your Instagram handle somewhere in the review because I might just be sliding into your DMs and sending you something from the low life. I want to shout out some listeners who took the time to actually leave a review. These listeners, my kings and queens, you are the backbone of this podcast. Thank you for leaving the reviews. First one up is coming in hot from at Mandy K1994. Mandy K1994 writes, love my weekly low life, five stars, my absolute favorite podcast to listen to. I'm always excited when you drop a new episode. You are authentic, hilarious, and so entertaining. Thank God you listened to your gut and started a podcast because you have a cult member here, LOL. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so happy you're part of this cult, this little low life cult. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Also, if you haven't joined the Low Life Facebook group, that's another way to upgrade your membership in the cult. (laughs) It's the Facebook group. It's popping off in the Facebook group. And I love the Low Life Facebook group because I actually get to put faces with the names that I'm getting to see in the review section. And I get to know my listeners so much more. And it goes off. We're talking about all different things in life. People get to know each other. It's such a good community. I have the best freaking listeners, really, though. There's a link in this episode. Actually, in every episode of the podcast, if you ever want to join the Low Life Facebook group, there's a link in the description of this episode. Next review is coming in hot from at Allison AK. Allison AK writes, Low Lifer Forever. Five stars. This quickly became my favorite podcast. It is the perfect mixtration of humor, important conversation, and realness in all caps. Listening to the pod feels like I'm FaceTiming a close friend. Thank you for serving up this beautiful safe space weekly. And she gave me two eggplant dick emojis. (laughs) That is the best compliment for this podcast. I want it to feel like you get great conversation. You learn something, but also it is like FaceTiming a close friend. Allison, thank you for that beautiful review. The fact that this feels like a safe space, it is a safe space, but that means so much to me. Because I want a place where people can talk about everything. Any curiosity, there's no judgment for the most part. Sometimes I get a little Judge Judy-ish, but I try not to. And I want it to be a place where you actually learn something. There's takeaways, you could laugh. It's a feel-good spot because life is hard enough as it is already. My God. So I want this to be a space where people can feel good and there's a takeaway because I don't want to waste anybody's time here. So thank you, Allison, for that beautiful review. All right, we have time for one more review, and this one is coming in hot from Ginger Hoagland. I looked her up on Instagram. Ginger Hoagland is a wife and small business owner. Oh, we love a small business owner, an entrepreneur queen. 
She is a mom of two and a stepmom of two. She's a mom to three fur babies and one angel fur baby. Rest in peace, Zavi. Bachelor Nation fan from day one. We love you, Ginger. Are you actually a ginger too? I just read an article about the ginger population really dwindling. <laughs> so, <laughs> the ginger population, they need to procreate because we're losing our ginger babies. So if you're a ginger, go out there and have yourself a ginger baby because we need more of you out there. Okay. Ginger writes, loyal listener since day one, five stars. I look forward to every Thursday so I can listen to the latest episode. Lo, you never disappoint. You have helped me in my darkest times more than you'll know. The podcast always knock it out of the park. I'm so happy you have a new puppy. I like the name Leo because that's my astrology sign. Can't wait for the low life to go on the road. Love you, puta. She gave me a little eggplant emoji, some cute little paws and a tamale. Thank you for that, Ginger. I appreciate your review. It is Leo season coming up, baby. I think the end of cancer season is like the 21st of July, I think. And we're going right into Leo season. I also love the name Leo. Leo DiCaprio, big fan of him as well. But I decided on Shamu, maybe if I get another little pup, I'll name him Leo. Actually, if I get another puppy, which might end up happening, (laughs) I would end up naming that puppy. I'd want a little girl and 100% would name her Selena. Love a little Selena Quintanilla pug. Oh, I was actually debating naming little Shamu that, but I was like, I'll end up getting a girl one day. He'll have a sister, and so I'll just wait. And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Have yourself a delicious spicy margarita with some tahini around the rim. Watch a good documentary. Go to the movies. Maybe watch the Barbie movie. Take a walk outside. Enjoy some nature. Get some vitamin D with SPF. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. We, we love, love you. you and we're out. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.